The COVID-19 pandemic has altered everyday life for almost every person on the planet. For farmers, life may not have changed significantly day to day, but the products we grow have had their supply chain severely altered. And for wool, no clothing stores open means less sales of woolen garments. Hello and welcome to The Yarn, a podcast for the Australian wool industry. I'm Ellie Bigwood, and soon we will hear from the latest wool production forecast. But before that, let's go to Italy, a country that is a vital processor and consumer of wool, but also still the epicentre of style and fashion, and therefore a trendsetter for our industry. AWI's Kevin Wilde spoke to the Italy country manager for Woolmark, Francesco Magri, who said while the pandemic hit Italy very hard, there is still optimism and some good news for wool especially as the clothing world starts to prepare for the next European winter. This was an atomic bomb, you know, it was not like the crisis of 2008, 2009. From one day to the other, you know, you couldn't buy anything. So stores closed, brands were not, were not ready for, for this online. That was the one, one of the biggest issues because it was not something expected. We are reopening now. Processors, for example, are already open. They never stopped working in terms of working from home, so all the designers in weavers and spinners industries, they kept on working, you know, in designing their new collection. We had an interview with most of the processors. They are losing about 20%, 25% of the business in terms of sales. We are lucky because wool is more, let's say, for winter collections, you know, so the brands now are developing the new Spring Summer 21 collections and uh, from brands like Maxmara, like Gucci, like Versace, they think to reduce the collection of 25-30%. It means that, that they will buy less fabrics, less uh, yarns, but we are lucky because now we are talking about Spring Summer, we are not talking about for Winter. Everyone is forecasting a return to almost a normality in Winter 21-22. For wool, let's say that we are losing one season. It is worse for the spring-summer collection because uh, it means two seasons and not just one. For uh, sports brands, especially winter sports, they didn't have uh, such a big problem you know, in, in sales because they, they sold all the collections in stores just uh, when the lockdown started. Outdoor and sport outdoor will be a big trend more than... Uh, before because people want to go out and run, want to go out in the fresh air. So there is a, probably something good for us in terms of wood for the next seasons because people want to go out. And in winter, for going out, you need more wood, especially doing sports. So sports and outdoor will, will be a big trend and they are forecasting uh, probably a good season. Yeah, that's really interesting that there is some good news there and also the perspective that given people don't wear so much wool in spring, summer, that only one season is badly affected and then then hopefully things do return to normal. You've got some uh, really interesting long-term projects, including obviously the Walmart Prada partnership and even fitting out the gondoliers in, in Venice. Any updates there? Those two are two different kinds of partnerships. Gondolis is probably, we started with Gondolis with one of the biggest trends now in terms of opportunities for us. There is workwear. You know, workwear is uh, for wool a new territory because gondolas are workers. I mean, they are not sport people, they are not fashion people, they are super nice, but they work every day. So that's the reason why we wanted to, to dress them in wool and they have been very happy to wear wool because uh, 
tend to to wool. Uh, they, I mean, they they are out in the day from the morning to to the evening, and then the sun and then the rain. So they need something that is versatile in terms of garments and performance. So we we will go ahead with the partnership. They are very happy for that. It's something that we are very proud because gondoliers are an icon. The Prada and Luna Rosa project uh, is a project that is uh, three years long and uh, is one probably of the biggest projects that, uh, that we have uh, now in Italy, but also worldwide. We started last year with the presentation of the new collection developed together with the Prada, with the new performance of garments for sailors. And now, unfortunately, we had uh, the two regattas in Italy and in UK cancelled. So we are now working with Prada for uh, additional activities, especially online, on Prada online stores and uh, in uh, retail. On the other side, we would like to involve more the press, the most important press during this period worldwide for uh, talking through media about uh, wool, the benefits of wool. And then we will arrive in uh, December when we will start uh, the regattas in uh, New Zealand. We will have the Christmas Cup in December. Then uh, the America's Cup go really live in uh, January, February, March with the Prada Cup in, um, in January, February, and then finally, crossing fingers, the America's Cup uh, in March. Prada is very, is very happy of this. And uh, the aim of the project was also to have these brands understanding the performance of, of wool and uh, moving this into the fashion collection for increasing our opportunities. Just moving back, if, if I can, to how your staff have, have coped with all of this, because after China, obviously, Italy was sort of the second major country associated with wool to be affected by the lockdowns with COVID. Has isolation been particularly tough on your team? Well, uh, yes. Uh, now the feeling is that people want to come back in the office because uh, it is important to give uh, you know a distance from your private life to your work life. But it was important because uh, isolation uh, makes you think more and makes you more creative. So during this period, we had uh, a lot of ideas for uh, facing uh, the situation uh, in the next month, and I'm very happy of, of the staff, but also the staff working in Europe like uh, uh, the staff working with Damien in France, with Ingrid in, uh, in the Benelux and German areas. So together we, we are now having uh, new ideas because we had more time to think about it. So now we are ready to come back with, uh, for the new order. That's what will happen in the, in the next month. We will face a new order. So briefly, France and, and Germany and the Benelux countries, how are they going. We hear that Germany has done relatively well in terms of controlling the virus in terms of continental Europe. France, it's, it's been really tough. Italy, Spain, it's been really tough. Is the German economy probably the best place one to bounce back more quickly? Uh, well, yes. I mean, from one side, they started first. I mean, they, they had a shorter lockdown uh, be, because Germany, compared to Italy, probably they have been more organized in terms of uh, health care. They have the possibility to take care uh, to more people than what Italy can do at the same time. So they didn't have to lock down everything. They, they are um, better in terms of economic situation, better than Italy. France is in between. 
then probably Germany is more uh, industrial and from our perspective is more sport, outdoor. Instead, Italy is more on fashion. So the outdoor companies, uh, they are not feeling the crisis as, uh, for example, uh, Gucci over Sasha are feeling now. So from that point of view, they are a little bit better. But uh, France, France is in the middle, let's say. Are there any textile companies that may go bankrupt as a result of this? Or is it really just, there may be some, but as you're saying, you know, the outdoor sports side of the business is probably where the growth will be. Related to the weavers and the spinners, they are facing a reduction in terms of sales, about 20%, especially in the spring-summer, because now they are working on the spring-summer orders and they have been reduced. They are not going bankrupt. The former wear is decreasing a little bit. Let's say the sportswear is increasing more. So they are trying to work more on performance fabrics than on usual formal fabrics. So they have the capabilities for facing this. From the sports side, uh, well, the biggest problem is the wholesalers. Most of the sports brands that they are selling through wholesalers. And there is where the crisis is, you know, so, so the wholesalers, the multi-brand stores, they didn't sell for three months, two months, so they didn't have uh, cash flow to buy the collections. So the biggest challenge for the sports brand now is increasing the online services. And thanks God, wool in sport is increasing in terms of presence. So let's say that is a, a negative uh, uh, period in terms of uh, the atomic bomb that we had in the last two months. But for wool, if we are, we are looking at the situation, there are opportunities for us. That's great. And also what you were saying, you know, in a sense, the, the crisis has seen more retailers put more focus online and more of us as consumers are doing our buying of clothing or even charges for our iPhones or whatever online rather than physically going to stores. So it's, it's a change in behaviour and the good companies will make the most of it, you think? Yeah, so let's, I mean, we have to be aware that this is not a crisis of consumption. It is a, a crisis of channel. It is more how you sell your garments. Because the stores where people used to go to buy clothes, they are closed, they have been closed. For them, is is not easy because uh, they have to reduce the traffic in the stores. And for those high street brands where the store traffic is... Uh, very important. This situation is a big crisis. So most of the high, high street brands are closing 20-30% of their physical retail stores here in Italy. For those who have capabilities in selling online, it could be a small crisis. Also for fashion brands, you know, where the store traffic is not uh, the most important element for sales. I talked to Versace last week. They are increasing high fashion sales in hot couture. Instead, the medium-low uh, segment is decreasing. But it's obvious because uh, when you go in other such stores, there are two, three people. For H&M, they have uh, hundreds of people and they cannot do that anymore. You know, so for fashion and high fashion, it's not such a big crisis as it is for the high streets. Francesca, thank you so much for your time and your insights. And I look forward to you being able to watch your sport and get outside again soon, regularly. Thank you so much and uh, ciao, ciao to everyone. Thank you. 
The Italy country manager for Woolmark, Francesco Magri, there with AWI's Kevin Wilde. So as the world recovers from the pandemic and the shops reopen and hopefully markets start returning, where is the wool coming from? Well, the latest Australian wool production forecast for the coming year is 276 million kilograms, a 2% fall on the 286 million kilograms in this current production season. This fall is hardly surprising given the recent tough seasons across the country. Head of the Wool Production Forecasting Committee, Russell Pattinson, spoke with Marius Cumming. Russell, it's quite amazing you haven't joined us on the yarn till now, but the Production Forecasting Committee has a very significant role for the wool industry in that it, uh, it does look at where the future wool is coming from, and in recent times it's sadly all been in the negative. Yeah, Marius, up until a couple of years ago, wool production in Australia had sort of settled at around 350 million kilograms, and then purely because of the drought. The last couple of years have been very difficult and we've seen a decline in wool production over from 1819 to 1920. And once again, with your recent forecast, uh, which again is not exactly surprising. Yeah, look, at the, the most recent forecast is 281 million kilograms. That's a 6.3% decline on the 300 million kilogram estimate for 2018-19 which in itself was quite a big reduction from the 2017-18 year. It seems as though, amazingly, Queensland is still dropping quite considerably, even though they couldn't have too many sheep left there. Yeah, look, Queensland dropped off another 12% their production levels now, around about that 7 million kilograms, which, you know, is quite a, um, quite a big drop from where they were 10 or 20 years ago. But I know that you know, the sentiment again is that with seasons and being able to better manage predators still interesting the sheep industry. Yes, very much a wild dog story there. Um, but all states were down with this most recent forecast. A lot of people wouldn't understand the process that goes behind uh, and the detail that goes behind those forecasts. If you could just let us know how it actually works. Yeah, there's a lot of people involved, Barrett. We have state committees in every state and they meet remotely through the um, Wool Production uh, Forecast Committee convener, uh, Sue Hatcher. Sue convenes every state and they have a meeting before the National Committee and then the National Committee meets once all the states have done um, and we get a, a very fulsome report which takes into account data from AWIC and Wool Testing Authority, from ABARES, from Meat and Livestock Australia, etc., and then, of course, we're getting all of the views from the state committee, which includes growers and brokers, etc., and the state department of ag. So all of those are coming together for hard data, things like AWK test results, wool receivable, but then also the, the more sort of soft data, you know, what are seasons doing in the um, various parts of the state. I should add, we also look at the Bureau of Meteorology, you know, past data on rainfall, temperature, but also forecast data now, we better not mention any state of drought, but things are looking seasonally a lot more favourable. A lot of regions have had rain and follow-up rain. There are still regions that are looking for rain. But looking at the biggest production state in New South Wales, what's your what was the anecdotal or soft data coming out of New South Wales for the, the most recent wool production forecast? Yeah, look, it's obviously they've been very badly hit the last couple of years with drought, which has seen a big impact on the number of sheep shorn and also average wool cuts per head. For example, in the most recent forecast, we're predicting a 6.8% reduction year on year in 
New South Wales. And look, the state committee in New South Wales thought that there would be probably a further reduction in the number of sheep shorn for the following season, but a, a bit of an increase in cuts ahead of the result of a better season. So looking at a 4.4% reduction in 2020-21. There's confidence in people wanting to, to get into the, um, the sheep industry, but you've got very high land and up prices. Buying back into sheep is quite expensive, and there's a there's just a bit of uncertainty also, of course, around you know, what the wool market is doing at the moment. Um, so there are certainly some handbrakes on any recovery in the sheep flock, not only from the a production point of view, but also from sort of a, a market point of view with that uncertainty and obviously, as you say, the um, the mutton and lamb prices uh, have certainly held up incredibly well through the last couple of months. Yeah, certainly you'd expect, and you're quite right, not everywhere that has a return to really good seasonal conditions, but, but in large numbers or, or large areas of, of wool-producing regions, that is the case. Um, and you'd normally expect to see quite a rebound uh, in production as a result. But those few constraints that we mentioned are probably the reason we're, we're expecting to see sort of a stabilisation, slight reduction next season compared to this. Yes, it really is going to be a very slow recovery indeed. One of the interesting things that I dare say you've taken into account in recent years, Russell, has been the move to eight-month shearing or shorter shearing lengths. How does that affect your forecast? Yeah, look, there certainly has been a um, move to less than 12 months shearing, although it's interesting that move has not been as evident in the last 10 months. The staple length has actually increased a little bit and the percentage of earlier shorn wool has reduced a little bit. We expect that that will, will be a part of the makeup of the industry going forward. So, Russell, from someone who's been in and around the wool industry uh, for as long as you have a very experienced voice, how are you actually seeing the wool industry at the moment? It's, it's at a very interesting stage. What's your personal view, if I could ask for that, about where the industry sits and uh, the future prospects? Look, I think, Marius, the fact is that the AWI MLA growers survey indicates to us that there are far more producers who want to increase their flock than there are those who want to decrease it. So there still remains confidence in the industry. And I mentioned before that you know, we've been sitting around that 340, 350 million kilogram level for quite some time, but seasonal conditions have just knocked that on the head a bit in the last couple of years. But I'm confident that you will see people getting back into, into sheep in a greater way, particularly now that we've got some better seasonal conditions that we can work our way through. Very interesting. Well, Russell, thank you again for your time on the yarn today and the work that you do. And let's hope those that are wanting to lift their sheep numbers have the genuine opportunity to do so. Thanks very much, Morris. Great to talk to you. Wool Production Forecasting Committee, Russell Pattinson there with Marius Cumming. Of course, if you'd like to indulge a little more, you can view this latest Australian wool production forecast on wool.com under the Market Intelligence tab. That's all we have time for today on The Yarn. We love your feedback at theyarnatwool.com. Australian Wool Innovation is on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Wool Innovation and Instagram at Beyond the Bale. I'm Ellie Bigwood. Thanks for your company and we'll see you soon for another yarn. Yarn.